Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield as Aaron Bertles joins us with Water Street Solutions. And Cattleman's Classic continues to take place where I'm at in Kearney. And kind of interesting, Aaron, because a lot of producers, you know, you think you're bunch, around a bunch of livestock guys that want to talk cattle prices all the time. But they're all talking about not only a bit about the outlook numbers of yesterday, but really what is going to happen come spring planting time and where we're going to see those acres uh, stolen from. So I know that was one of the things you wanted to hit on was the ag outlook of yesterday as we head towards spring. Yeah, nothing really. I mean, it was some interesting numbers that came out of it, but it didn't really answer a lot of people's questions, I wouldn't say, on acres. You know, they came out, put down, you know, 90 million acres for both corn and beans, which really doesn't give anybody a hint as to, you know, where that acre shift is going to take place. Um, I would say overall it was, you know, more bearish for corn and, and more friendly for beans. I mean, a lot of people speculating that bean acres could be up closer to that 91 to 92. Corn acres could be closer to 88. You know, even 89 would be helpful as far as a starting point. And you slap them both in there at 90 million. Um, really didn't end up with a huge carryout for soybeans, um, put in extra demand because of the problems that they're having in South America right now, which is hard for people to swallow because of the fact that we're so far behind on demand for this year. So really put in a pretty friendly situation for beans. Um, didn't put that big of a yield. I mean, it's a good yield, but uh, not one that would be um, too terribly surprising for us to see. Uh, so there's a lot of things there that can change uh, very abruptly to adjust uh, what is already going to be looking at a 460 million carryout if that situation plays out and could get bigger if some of these other things change and this, the opposite for corn right i mean you came out with 90 million acres you could have less they put in a 174 yield which we know we can do we did bigger than that last year we could do better than that but that's a pretty big yield to start off with um and you're looking at a carryout that's around that 2.25 or so billion uh, which is plenty, right? It's a little bit less than what we have this year. Uh, but there's so much going on with, you know, just that battle there between corn and beans and, you know, what we're going to end up with as we walk into spring. Because if we do hold these prices, you would think it's going to entice as many people as possible to plant as many bean acres as they can in a lot of places. Nebraska is a little bit different uh, just because a lot of people under irrigation can pencil in 240 bushel corn and they can't pencil in 80 bushel beans, right? So it doesn't pay as well. But in the east, uh, that's not the case. They can pencil in some really good beans. Their corn is not going to pencil in at around 240 most of the time because they can't depend on some of those things. So it, it does pay them to plant more beans. So it's going to be interesting as you walk into this because you can see that easily shift if we do all of a sudden have a drop in the bean prices um, and quickly people will want to go back to corn because people want to plant corn. Well, you know, that just is, I think, think it's almost a continuous loop that we hear every year about this time. Where are we going to see corn? Where are we going to see beans? Who's going to steal what from what acres? And I know in the south, with the way it's been so dry, that's something we need to keep in mind to the north. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, I mean, that's what this time of year is about, right? It's about trying to figure out what we really need to put in the ground. And the market's going to try to dictate some of that. So South America plays a big role in that. Obviously, they ride that story has been told for a month now, and it's getting worse, right? I mean, Argentina especially. Uh, Brazil has its own problems, which is, is going to affect corn a little bit more uh, than anything else. And so 
to me, you have a, I mean, you have a definite story down there. You have a problem that nobody really has a good handle on. How bad is it going to be in Argentina? Where does that put us at for a starting point? Um, where does that put our risk for old crop beans as we go throughout the year? Um, how does that shift demand? I mean, all those questions are waiting to be answered. But, you know, until you get some of those answers, this market is really, it seems like it's trying to price this stuff in, but doesn't seem to have enough ammo to really want to push through some of these levels that we've seen here lately. So we'll see. I mean, the weather forecast right now, it looks dry for the next week. Uh, the two-week forecast, though, has some more rain, but nobody's going to buy into that until they actually see that rain come because that's kind of been the story down there. They've had some rain in the forecast. It just hasn't materialized. So you see some pretty big crop uh, expectations dropping down there, down to around 47 million metric tons. We're sitting at 54 from the USDA right now, so that's a pretty big discrepancy. Uh, and a big story, too, is how far behind Brazil is. They have a big crop coming out, trying to get their second, second crop corn in, but you know, in a lot of places, they're somewhere around 10% planted when they should be closer to 50 uh, by this point. So you know, is that going to really be a big issue? Remains to be seen, but it certainly puts corn in a pretty good starting point. And I would say overall right now for this year, uh, corn probably has a little bit better story than it had last year. It's still got a big carryout. But it's about the same as last year, and Brazil has a problem starting off right now. And then you also have acres that could be down a little bit more than they are today. Um, but it's just that carryout, right? That's what's going to tell the story. Are they not going to want to buy into anything because of the carryout? Well, that is such a big struggle, too, because Brazil trying to get this crop out of the ground is, is fighting the rains. And I'm hearing some quality concerns because it's just too wet to get it out of the field. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's a lot of that that's that's still going to have to come out. Uh, the market's trying to play as much of this in as it can as far as weather concerns go. Um, and, you know, down there it is harder to get information, obviously, but we know that they've had one of the driest um, uh, times that they've had since, you know, the worst droughts that they've seen. I mean, this is the they're less than half of their rainfall. I think I saw today that they were 55% of their normal rainfall, and one of the worst droughts they've had, they were 65%. So uh, it's a problem. Um, and, you know, people are going to try to play this in and see, you know, see what the results end up being. We'll just have to wait and see as we go through these next weeks and see if they get some more of this rain. Well, stick around, folks. We do have more coming up with Aaron Bertels of Water Street Solutions. You're listening to the Fontenelle Final Bell on this Friday on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield as Aaron Bertles joins us for the second half with Water Street Solutions. You might hear the auctioneer chant in the background as cattle are being sold at some decent numbers here at the Cattleman's Classic. And, you know, the Aaron, that kind of brings into this cattle market. It, it was a little sluggish today, some some lower numbers. What are your thoughts on how we, we traded ahead of a cattle on feed report? Yeah, we continue to see this clash between uh, the oversupply that we have now, but also the best demand that we've seen in a long time. Uh, you know, supply expectations uh, coming into the cattle on feed report this afternoon, you know, around 107% of a year ago, but marketing is up around 106% of a year ago. So we do have large supply. Slaughter is up. Weights are up for this time of the year, which isn't normal because of some of the dryness we've had in the southern plains. Uh, so we've had some higher weights as well. Um, but we have the highest beef market we've had since July 7th as of today. So we continue to see good demand. 
Uh, frozen beef stocks, as of yesterday, were at 499, uh, which is down 7.2% from last year. So it was seen as bearish, which is why you saw us go down yesterday, just because of the month-over-month -month, uh, increase, uh, when typically we don't see that big of an increase this time of the year. But overall, uh, we have lower stocks than we had last year by 7.2%. So that just shows you how good a demand we've had. A lot of it going to the Asian countries, um, Japan, South Korea, China. Uh, so it, it seems like as we move forward here, we are going to have some trouble with the amount of supply that we have. Uh, demand, obviously, is more fickle than supply, so we'd love to think that this demand is just going to continue to ramp up and be what it is, um, and, and let's hope so. And if it does, then the market will have a tough time going a whole lot lower. But if there's any hitches in that, uh, we know the supply is not going to go away uh, right away. So it's tough to want to depend on demand to keep up the way that it is, even though it seems like it's been strong and consistent this year. But what we know is going to keep up is that we do have a decent amount of supply. So that part should be a little bit concerning at some of these higher prices that we have now. The box beef numbers, we saw some mixed trade, obviously, today. Can we see some higher numbers work back into this trade early next week? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think it's just a matter of, um, you know, can we see this keep up or not? I think it's, it's possible. You wouldn't want to depend on it just because of how high we are at this point. And you'd expect maybe a little bit of a break. I mean, it's kind of what you saw in hogs here. They had a, a bearish frozen stocks report yesterday, but didn't really want to go down anymore. And it's not because it wasn't bearish. It's just because they'd already played a lot of that in. So they had a 15.9% increase from last month. Uh, but the market had already priced a lot of that in, so we saw things come up. And it's dealing with the same things, too. It's a supply is plentiful, uh, but we have good demand. Uh, but it's already taken its break in the marketplace. So a lot of technical action going on there, too. So, yeah, it's possible. It's just when you get to some of these higher levels, I don't know if that's something we want to sit around and, and depend on without taking some action with the prices that we're paying for some of these cattle today. Well, you know, the hog market saw some light pressure on the trade. Um, we've had a decent market rally for them the last two sessions. Yeah, you see a pretty big discount right now to uh, where the futures are compared to what the cash is because of demand. So, again, I think you've just seen that market. It got itself to a point um, where supply was too much. It sold off really quickly, probably oversold itself. And now we're seeing a little bit of a retracement because of that. I don't think it's because of any information's really changed. We're still looking at pretty big supply numbers. It's just the market got a little bit too oversold for where the cash is at. China's been on, we're going to switch gears um, for our listeners to go back to grains. China has been on a holiday. Can we see some exports pick up next week? Because it's definitely been quiet, this. I think people are expecting that. I think as a, they're expecting as we come back that they're going to see some, some more buying from China on soybeans. You'd hope so after the exports that we got today. Uh, pretty rough numbers for soybeans. Continues to put us behind pace. Um, a lot of that business going to South America, as we've talked in the past. So you would expect, and I think the market's sitting around kind of waiting uh, for some of that information to come out. It's waiting for some of the weather in South America to play out next week. I, you wonder with soybeans, I mean, we talked a little bit about why isn't it going higher right now with how dire it seems in Argentina. Uh, you wonder how much of that is just uh, demand being where it's at our carry out for next year and where that's expected to be even with a friendly ag outlook report you're still looking at a 460 million carry out for beans 
So that's a big number. And if you start to see some of those numbers go in the other way, I mean, you're, you're looking above 500 pretty quickly as far as what a potential carryout could be. So you wonder how much headwind that's going to provide. Um, even though we have some serious weather concerns down south, uh, we have some of these other numbers that are, are really providing a ceiling to some extent. So uh, we'll see how much they want to buy into this weather, especially if we come back next week and there hasn't been any rain or if they pull some of that rain out of the extended forecast, um, how much more weather premium they're willing to put into this as the funds have kind of evened up their short position and got long. Best way for folks to reach you, Aaron? Uh, best way to get a hold of us is call 309-680-1200. All right, that is the Fontenelle Final Bell right here on the Rural Radio Network. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.